Welcome to Infinite Trek, where we cover everything Star Trek. From animated to live action, comics to novels, from games to real life tech. If it's Star Trek, or even Star Trek adjacent, it's here. So get ready to talk about Trek no matter what your knowledge level is. Whether you've been watching since the 1960s or just discovered Star Trek 47 minutes ago, we, we welcome, welcome you. you. Good morning. Good afternoon, actually. Welcome to Infinite Trek. I am Aaron Harvey, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Brandy Jacola. And we Hi. cover all things Star Trek, except right now, Discovery. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, we have to cover uh, New Trek when it happens, dude. Yes. It's good. We just <laughs> things over. It's fine. This, this is how our show goes. We always have something that falls apart during or at, before the show, <laughs> right before mm -hmm. the show. Yep. And uh, both today. <laughs> yes. No, I, but I'm I'm really excited that we get to dive back into the Terran universe today. So that's going to be kind of fun. Yeah. I, I had fun with our logo. Also, I'd like <laughs> alternate. Did, yes. Yeah, I <laughs> enjoyed that. Uh, so um, how are you, Brandy? Uh, I've been sick, but I'm feeling all right today. So that's, that's uh, good. good to be talking about Trek and feeling halfway human. So. That's always positive. Thumbs up. Uh, yeah, no, I, last week we were not on because I also had food poisoning. <laughs> so uh, because of my lower immune system, I have to remember I cannot eat leftover turkey quite as long as other people can. So Ooh. yeah, that's what happened. We're pretty sure. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Luckily, it was minimal enough. I did not have to go to any sort of like emergency room or anything because that just would have been, I don't think I would I'd probably still be there, unfortunately. Ugh. So, um, yes, uh, before we start today, we do have a little bit of um, not news per se, but just like it's it's the holiday season. So you might want to give some Star Trek gifts uh, and some cool things came out this week. Yes, they did. I am. I'm, well, the first one that I'm really excited about is the uh, Art of Star Trek Discovery book, which is mm. by Paul M. Block and uh, Terry J. Erdman who actually follows uh, our Infinite Trek group on Facebook. <laughs> Ooh, lovely. Yeah. Uh, and it is a beautiful book. It's like a coffee table book with just so much information. It's, it's for season one and two, uh, and it's by Titan, which also includes the other book that they put out this year that I still need to get, which is The Art of Star Trek, the Motion Picture. Mm. Both of these are just, I, I as an art, as a graphic designer and person who likes art, this is... I, if anybody'd like to get me that gift, it's available. <laughs> like I have not got it yet. Mm. Um, yes. No. Um, oh, and speaking of gifts, if you like, I, I'm wearing my. <laughs> I put it on the the, the different side. <laughs> I've got my my Terran pin from fan sets from the comic book mirror universe. Uh, and if you would like to give gifts to your family and friends that are are Star Trek pins or uh, DC Comics, uh, there's old television programs that I didn't even think people would be interested in that they're still making pins for. Um, it is, uh, Fansets has a, given us a, uh, a discount code. So you can type in infinite Trek, all one word, and you'll get 15% off at checkout. And that's with, if you want to give somebody a gift card, if you don't know what pin they'd want, which I know that my, well, my grandparents, when I was little, they, you know, star Wars action figures or something, they'd either get us all the same ones we'd already had, or, you know, some other, franchise it wasn't star wars <laughs> and now i wish that i had had those because the the stuff that they would get would be like let's get 
you know, the black hole or Buck Rogers, which now would be worth a fortune <laughs> because nobody, yes, yeah. So I still have somewhere I have a a Buck Rogers figure. Uh, I have not run across it yet. I know it's just like well, it was well played with. So you know, Gil Gerard's face has sort of been. <laughs> Not that he really looked that much like Gil Gerard to begin with. I think they were not so great. That was Mego. They didn't. They weren't fantastic with the uh, likenesses. Yeah, but still. So, yes, and if you like maybe. If you like making models and you can do them, like we had talked about, like you, you, are, it's not in your wheelhouse. And unfortunately, me, it feels like my fine motor skills are not so fine anymore. Um, so, uh, but anyway, there is uh, Eagle Moss is putting out a uh, a gigantic uh, two foot long Enterprise one seven zero one D, and it is done in. Uh, let's see, it's it's coming out March 2021. Uh, so you can, I think, you can just order it ahead of time. Uh, you will receive four kits every month of twelve ninety uh, each. Uh, and there's a total of 120 kits, so it'll take you about 30 hours to finish this model. It comes in pieces, and you get you know detailed instructions for each piece to connect it to the next piece. And it's also lit; it has like lighting and everything, so it's very cool. It just seems like it might also be relatively complicated <laughs> and expensive. Yeah, in the long run, it's expensive, but it's two feet long and it's lit. I mean, like if you look at the a comparable model that's been put together already that's i'm assuming it's kind of in the same wheelhouse maybe, maybe not. i'm not i'm Somebody not up on math really quickly <laughs> it's like... yeah it's been about 15 years since i've attempted models and it's not going to happen ever again it's just not fun for me it's yeah, so about fourteen hundred dollars fifteen hundred dollars probably when it's finished yeah no um, <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have added all if, that up. If it's if it's that much, that thing should be like eight feet long. <laughs> <laughs> but over time, gigantic. It's, it's stretched out at least. So um, yeah, no, I've, so, seen, I've seen comparable price models at if you go to like Comic Cons or something like that. When they they have those in the glass cases, you know, QMX and stuff like that. Mm. They had what was it, like a ten thousand dollar Discovery the first year it came out or something insane like that. That better have been super big. detailed. <laughs> yeah, it was super detailed, but I still don't think it was that that was Worth a little it. for my taste. Yeah, but yeah, so that uh, so if you're looking to pick that, you could also I can plug my my own book this time. Uh, you can pick up the oh, it's not up there. <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> the Star Trek the. Uh, Star Trek is the official guide to the animated series, which you can find on Amazon. And it's been in some of the uh, kind of like Black Friday holiday discount packages where they've been, oh, hey, someone has it. There it is. I'm really, really proud of that cover just because it has this really cool raised kind of center part to it. And it's got glossy. And Because they asked us, like, hey, would you like to do that? And we're like, yes. Like, why? I didn't know that was an option for sure. So... <laughs> we have uh, Brandy doing her best Vanna White. Or what is it? The the women Price on right the model. Price is right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a lovely page of Bem, which was short for bug-eyed monster. Which is what <laughs> Gene Roddenberry said he would never have in his shows, which I thought was great that uh, David Gerald got that kind of snuck in there. Mm-hmm. 
So, so yes. get it. <laughs> Even the back is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're taking the like it's that was that was made after the fact, like in seventy five or six or something like that, with some cells that they sold. But it's Spock taking a picture of the entire crew, which is just kind of hilarious. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it closer up so people can see it. See there, that's yeah. adorable. <laughs> Because of course you wouldn't be want to be in the picture. No, of course not. It's a spot. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So cool. Well, thank you for for show, showing that. I had it <laughs> literally. Right, I had it literally right behind me in the the little entertainment case right behind me. So if you're not watching hard to pull the, out. the video version, normally I have it like behind my shoulder, but I looked at it the other day, and because it's been sitting up at that angle, the pages are started to like bend a little bit. So I flattened it. And I'm going to put some some weight on top of it. Yeah, mine has we don't been have as many copies as you would think that we would have. <laughs> yeah, I get that. They they think I think people think that when you write a book that you just get a ton of copies, and that's not the case. No, I have ten. I got ten to begin with, and that's it. So, and I sold a couple of those. So, yeah. If you want to, that's the other thing. If you, I don't know, I, I'm assuming this is fairly similar to other. Uh, authors and what they go through but you get a discount on buying your own book so if you want to sell it you can do that but you still have to buy the the books to begin with so mm -hmm. if you if you overbuy then you're stuck with a lot of your own books and if you underbuy then it's you might as well just buy them at the store at that point you know so yeah but yeah frustrating anyway david mod says brandy is vanna whiting <laughs> it's, a, it's a verb now. Oh, there. <laughs> yes, deal I am. Or no deal model with briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I am all of those things and more. Is there a woman on a television show presenting something? That's me. <laughs> I can do all of that. Present your sweater, by the way. Oh, it's it's uh, it's actually not quite a sweater, but it's got a sweater pattern. So got I gotta, I gotta. It's uh, <laughs> live long. And prosper Woo! with friend Spock up in there. Nice. So, because you know that's a that's an appropriate message, no matter what the holiday. It is, especially this year. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. And now we've crashed back to reality. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry, <laughs> just uh, took that detour down COVID lane yep. for a minute. It happens. Uh, there's. <sighs> Um, if you want kind of a funny, cathartic song, which I will not spell out on the air because it has some dirty words in it, uh, Whitney Avalon on YouTube has a song that is uh, about 2020. So if you look up Whitney Avalon 2020, you will find a very funny Christmas song. That uh, There's a part that's like, your single friends, they're still single <laughs> because you can't uh, go meet anybody at this point. Uh, so yes, but we are here today to talk about Terra Firma. Which, when they were shouting that to me, felt very like football team for some reason. It <laughs> as, as sort of you know ominous as it did the first time around. I don't maybe because we've never heard Terra Firma before, right? I don't think they've said that. I don't think we've heard that before. I took it more as a you know bunch of Nazis shouting Zig Heil yeah. over and over. So that's oh, yeah. what I thought. <laughs> no, I did too. I mean that that's there, but just I don't know the the delivery just felt like they're they were just so excited. Yeah. Well, they were, I guess, because you know, Woo! I guess we should start from the beginning if we want to like go through some of the. There's basically three episodes in this episode. It feels like 
Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. A lot. But not in a bad way. That's what I, I think what's no, interesting. No, is no, no. There's some shows that where they try and cram everything in, and yet they still feels like there's extraneous stuff. And you're like, why is this here? But all of the it felt like there was a very good conservation of dialogue. Everything mattered. It was yes. there was nothing that was extra. And I know some people were like irritated with uh we'll get to that part, the Carl character sort of dragging things out. But you do that because that's it's suspense. I mean, that's kind of the point. I love Carl. Yes. Carl's awesome. Perhaps you should have learned more about doors before you came down here. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> oh, Carl. <laughs> so I guess for, I guess we should say already at this point, uh, it is definitely spoiler city here. Um, yep. And, uh, we 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 say that every week, but I, I think I probably need to re reaffirm that. Uh, although by now, I think most people who have seen the episode are going to see it. Uh, yes. Canada already had their their showing last night, yes. which is why you moved to the Ready Room, which will be on at six p.m. today uh, mm -hmm. on Trats Network um, uh, to six o'clock on Saturday because it used to be running exactly at the same time that the show was airing in Canada, which yeah. doesn't do anybody any good. Even Dan, no. he needs to see it too. <laughs> yeah, well, and the thing is, is that he wouldn't have had time to process anything. If we had kept it on Friday night, but done it later, he wouldn't have had time yeah. to process anything. That's not yeah. fair. He needs yeah. the chance to ruminate about it, to let yeah. it, let the juices sink in, you know. Well, I, if, if, if you're not familiar with kind of like the review cycle of, of somebody who does content for Star Trek, we watch it once and kind of that initial whatever comes flying at you and, and for me it's a lot of like pausing things in the middle of sentences where people would probably <laughs> tell me if they were watching it with me you know to see certain things and then you go back and then i watch it again without with with subtitles on and then just watch it and just like absorb everything again and then kind of do a third viewing to get any of the bits and pieces with uh, lower decks i watched them multiple times i think because just they were just fun on top of it um but for me, it's like three times. And I think that's where it's like, okay, I get my my overall idea of what I'm going to think about this episode. Because if you watch an episode once, if you're in a bad mood or you've had a long day or something, that can totally color what you think about a show. Yes. So. And Absolutely. I know you and I have had that conversation. There's like one thing like, you're just like, maybe just give it a while. Just let it, let it sit for a minute. You know, <laughs> it's like, okay, fine. And then, yeah, all right. I see what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm I'm endlessly diplomatic. Yes, <laughs> to a fault. Yes, I know. Um, I annoy many people. <laughs> I know. There's been times where it's just like, and, and and also between us, we both have screeners. We get to we get the the honor of being able to see them ahead of time, which helps us to prep. Um, that I often will not watch them before, or at least the next episode until after I do this show because I don't want to be like, I still want to be able to guess. And like, if there's a, a mystery or something, I want to be able to say, but Brandy will watch it. And mm -hmm. you have the patience and like of a saint and the ability, like, I don't think I could just be like, mm, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I would just be like, oh my gosh, sitting on my hands, like, you know, Carl is, 
great, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not, I've not always had a lot of patience. And I have been through a lot of experiences in my life that have tested my patience because <laughs> it was a place in which I was lacking. So now, now I'm just like, chill. I'm just all kinds of good. And I, I honestly, if I, if I have seen the next episode and I have spoilers in my brain, I come at it from the viewpoints that I put forth before I knew the answers, which in the case of what the future holds, a Star Trek Discovery podcast on hollowsweetmedia.com, um, we recorded that on Thursday night, and I didn't get the screener until Friday. So at the time of that recording, I had no knowledge of how everything was going to turn out and actually no clue how everything was going to turn out. And so I'm coming at everything from that point of view mm. for this episode. That's cool. That works well. Yeah. Um, oh, before I forget, uh, the one of the, the pins that I'm not wearing, I we created this for the improvised generation, which will be coming out at uh, two o'clock right after our show. It's their season finale, I believe. Um, so this was our own, they look a little oversized, but when you're trying to make stuff for stage, you want it to be you have readable. To make it bigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now it seems a little, when you watch it on the screen, you're like, oh, those are really big badges. <laughs> they are kind of fun. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, they're not bad. It yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. But I like the fact that it looks like you could just take this pin off and actually stab somebody with it. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, the deltas on the original series uniforms are really big comparatively. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you're totally good. Yeah. yeah. And the animated series ones look even larger. They're taking up three fourths of his shirt. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. We had a lot of fun with that. And, and because there, there's magnets on the back and they, when the improvised generation goes into their mirror universe, they have like a sash across. Mm. And when I explained how to put them on. They put the, but they put the pin on top of the sash and then on the magnet underneath. So it was like the sash is sort of satiny and everything just started moving around. And it turned out that all the people from the prime universe, the badge didn't stick to them. So they incorporated that because that's what people do in improv. We'll just like take things that go wrong is that their quantum signature was rejecting the badge. <laughs> so well done. I thought, yeah, so they're they're walking around doing like this, holding it, like, mm -hmm. it's like, they're like that doesn't look right. <laughs> and my favorite was the, uh, um, uh, oh, what is the the Vulcan character? Oh my gosh, why can I remember his name? Um, anyway, oh Chulak. Uh, his was upside down like this, which meant that he was like in charge. <laughs> so that was great. Uh, nice. Yeah, so two o'clock. Check uh, check out uh, the improvised generation for I believe the last time this season, and you can go back and watch uh, previous episodes on YouTube and on uh, Twitch. So righty out commercial. Nice. Uh, so yes. So back to discovery. So we start mm -hmm. out uh, the episode with uh, Kovich, who is played by David Cronenberg, explaining to Culber what is going on with Giorgio. Yeah, and we see a holographic uh, Beetlejuicean, which actually I, I remember that was like he's one of the speaking of the motion picture, he's one of the background characters, and also Cosmo from the first episode, uh -huh. uh, that, that species, uh, and he's a time traveler from this other universe that was created by an incursion of a Romulan. <laughs> like, 
mining vessel, which means he's from the Kelvin universe, which also means people discovery is not the Kelvin universe. Ta-da! Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I love that, you know, what in the preview, if you were kind of paying attention to some of the preview images and stuff, he had like a Voyager style badge instead of the yes. TNG badge. And I thought they were kind of doing that on purpose to show parallel universe, like it wasn't exactly matching up, which I would have been fine with. But mm-hmm. I think they wanted to make it a bit more consistent. And so it had the TNG style badge. And um, yeah. and his, his name is Yor, which is interesting. I'm wondering if it's like a subtle nod to Yor Hunter from the Future, mm. the 1983 like kind of B movie. Mm. Interesting. Got time travel in it. So, you know, or. It could be a very nerdy reference to that. I wouldn't put it past them. I would not put it past them. I have to admit, the first time I watched this episode, that reference got by me. And the Kelvin Universe reference got by me. And the second time I watched it was when it was out and with subtitles. Mm -hmm. And when we got to that point, I just like lost my stuff. And I'm like, Dave, Dave, do you understand what just happened, Dave? (laughs) And, then he's, and he's like, like I, I understood the first time. <laughs> no, no, he had no idea what oh, I was talking about. And oh, I'm okay. like, no, dude, they reference the Kelvin timeline, dude. Oh, that's like every, if I try to talk to my roommate about anything, oh, yeah, that's nice. And you're like, no, it's not this nice. It's like, it's a, no, he, no. Once he understood, he was <laughs> yes, just like, he wow. actually did. Yeah. 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 Yep. It was, uh, it was funny <laughs> because I was, I was just losing my mind all over the place. It was funny. Yeah. That's great. Um, and then we, so we find out that the reason Giorgio is like, uh, looks like she's uh, having fractal glitching or something like that. Like her, her computer hasn't rendered her quite properly um, is that uh, our molecules are made to exist in the time that they were born in basically. And time travel doesn't seem to mess it up so much, but if you're also from another universe, well then you you're screwed. Um yeah. And it will be a very painful death. Well, and this is this there has actually been a precedent set for this, not within the Trek universe, but within the movie Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Because hmm. uh oh, the yeah, first time Yeah, the first time that we see Peter B. Parker uh interacting with Miles Morales and he's uh basically abandoning Miles and he <laughs> goes to leave and he glitches out. And Miles says, What's going on with your body? <laughs> He says, I don't think my abs are too jazzed about being in the wrong universe. Wrong dimension, yeah. excuse me. So, yeah. Well, and, and if you, at least for as like time travel, and I don't know if this is so much dimension, but when in Voyager, uh, Seven of Nine was sort of duplicated a couple times over mm-hmm. by traveling back and forth, and she died. So I think there's some sort of precedence in Star Trek, even that it's like there's an indication that time travel and universe hopping probably isn't the most healthy thing for you. Very, very true. And I, I think it also kind of establishes that time periods in alternate universes are not the same. Like mm-hmm. what might be happening in the year 3381 or whatever uh, is not 3381 in some other universe at the same time. Yes. Yeah. As we perceive time. Right. There was a uh, show on CBS in the 80s called Otherworld, which was about this family who went to, like, were, his dad was, their father was a, a 
an archaeologist. And so they were in Egypt and they were about ready to go back to LA. And he's like, well, before we go, I want to like take a tour of the pyramids, which I like, how, why did they not already do that? Um, <laughs> so they hire this guy to take them there. And the guy is just like, now give me all this money. And they're like, we're not going to give you money now, which is funny. Cause I've seen that scam happen in other like actual things in, in like Wisconsin, which was really hilarious. Um, and so he's like, fine, I'm just leaving you here. And he goes, you know, basically sort of like, you're going to go away now. And they're like, what? And they fall into this other universe. So there's a portal between the uh, great pyramids and this other world. And it's a world that's kind of like ours, but not really. It's authoritarian. The world is divided into like 13 provinces. And it's it was kind of interesting. It was every province that they could. It's almost like a sliders or a. You know, every place that they go is slightly different. This, you know, one province is uh, controlled only by women. One is they're all robots. One, you know, so it's that one is where music is not allowed and they invent rock and roll. Uh, so, <laughs> of course they do. Yeah. Uh, they, it was the Beatles. They're like all these different songs like, oh, and the theme song to the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Oh, Lord. I know all of the words to that. That's the, yeah. the worst part. <laughs> so... They invent the very second to last episode, and I think the last episode unfortunately never aired, um, was they end up in a place where this their daughter looks very much like this princess that was there 300 years ago. And it turns out that woman was the, the princess was from the 1960s. So time isn't working exactly the same way. They said it's like kind of like two independent wheels spinning, and every mm. once in a while they touch. And yeah. so that's kind of what in what I see in my head when you're talking about that. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I like that. So that was kind of cool. And I, I really like, I'm, I have to start my own uh, other world podcast. <laughs> Ooh. Create more, more work for myself. Actually, that could be kind of fun. Maybe shows that, you know, like one hit wonder kind of things, like one season shows. Yeah, because anyway. there, there were some actually really good ones out there that deserved to yeah. go on and didn't. So, yeah. and some bad ones. Equally fun yeah. to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Auto Man. Um, I loved Auto Man. It's it's bad, but it's great. It's the same thing. And, and if you like Stargate, because we kind of mentioned that earlier, um, if you go look up uh, Hulogram, which is a a company that does special effects, did a like five minute commercial movie, and it's David Hewlett uh, from Stargate Atlantis and Stargate, uh, basically playing a hologram that is it's all a parody of that and he's like you know we're gonna fight crime he goes i'm an animator because the guy he's guys <laughs> animating it pops out it's just like we can have a theme song and he's like what's happening here and this is like and as he says that suddenly it just goes into the intro and they do an entire like 1980s thing and they're showing off all their special effects and what they can do and stuff so it was very funny <laughs> and at the very end the real auto man shows up <laughs> yeah so for Hulogram on YouTube. We're sending people off to YouTube a lot. <laughs> I'm so looking for that. I'm so it was hilarious. Yeah. And that that actually, and this is way off tangent, but it got me. Uh I found out that David Hewlett is a huge nerd. He yes. has 3D printers and all this stuff. And he's on Twitch like every day. So I've been like just hanging out talking with him and stuff. It's just been like, oh my gosh, it's like my nerdy neighbor or something like that. It's it's a lot of fun. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love him too. Yes. Absolutely. He's, he's the kind of it's it's like some of the the discovery actors and stuff who are just 
happy to engage with the fans and they just yeah. love what they're doing and they actually love the genre that they're in as opposed to it's a job, you know? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, back on track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, Kovic says, there's no cure. And the sphere data is like, um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I did yes, love that. Yeah. Um, there like, is oh, a cure. All right. There is okay, a show it to us. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then so they, they are off to this planet. It's basically um, Giorgio and uh, Burnham. And in the meantime, because they were going to – let's see how to phrase this. They basically were told – another one of those, sorry, you can't do it again. It was almost headed towards that because mm -hmm. the, uh, the Emerald Chain, which is the – Andorian Orion syndicate basically is going to start doing training exercises. And so they need to have the ship there. And, and, and I don't know if this is part of the other, the feeling that maybe this, the Federation isn't quite what it seems to be, but they felt very much like, okay, sure. Yeah. You go do that. We're fine. It felt a little Vance felt like it, he dismissed it really quickly. Yeah. I didn't feel that way. Okay. I think Vance was acting out of personal experience because after the meeting is over and uh, Saru is going to leave, he says, no, a word. And he tells mm. him yeah. that he's made a lot of bad calls in his time. And he says, if you leave a crewman to drown, you are not going to look at yourself the same way and your crew is not going to look at you the same way. Yeah. So that is something he has been through. Yeah. And I think that out uh, he, he didn't want that to happen to discovery because he needs them. So I think that it was partially about, it was really okay. They can handle the syndicate. Mm -hmm. um, but it was also about don't walk the path that I walked. Let me yeah. keep you from making a huge mistake. Yeah. And related to Saru, I heard a couple comments. Uh, I heard, I read a couple comments of in tweets and, and Facebook posts of people are like, when is Saru going to like stop asking permission and just be a captain? And I was like, I kind of thought about that. I was just like, because he doesn't seem to be like making decisions. He makes a decision, then asks the Admiral, which is really the chain of command, which you would actually do. But yeah. um, I, given the fact that until very recently, he was basically operating from a place of fear. And is he going to die? Because his, you know, the, the ganglia, the threat ganglia and everything, all of his decisions were made from a, just a, a point of being afraid of what might happen. And mm -hmm. The fact that he's gone this far or come this far, like, I don't even know if he could have been a captain in his old life. I feel like he'd always had to have been paired with somebody who would yeah. balance out his, well, maybe that could have been his first officer that could have done that. But mm -hmm. I think the fact that he is where he is now is kind of remarkable. So I feel like he's mm -hmm. actually had a character growth as opposed to he's not moving fast enough or, or this isn't the way other captains. No, it's not the way other captains captain, which is kind of refreshing in some ways. Yeah. Well, Saru, Saru is an entity unto himself. Um, he's a race that we have never seen before discovery. So yep. we are discovering things about his race as, you know, as a group, as viewers. Mm -hmm. And at the same time though, they are directly working with the Federation and Starfleet 
like yeah. intimately. So More it's not like being ever on... seen any crew. Exactly. It's not like, you know, Enterprise off on its five-year mission where they mm -hmm. sometimes deal with Starfleet Command yeah. and whatnot. No, this is Starfleet Command is up in their grill all the time. So it's not it's like, like he can just go off. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's not like he can just go off and do what he wants. It has nothing right. to do with that. He is taking his orders from an admiral, which is what captains do. Yes. <laughs> it, so. It's interesting because it does feel much more... Uh, insular and very like you know they even though they are going to all these different points of the galaxy up until now starfleet itself has been very kind of like you know just around the neighborhood basically it kind of feels like mm -hmm. so it's it's uh yeah i think it's interesting oh and while we're sticking with saru we might as well talk about the uh the the signal from the nebula mm -hmm. which we had all been speculating even you and i had kind of thought that it if there was a way that they're going to tie Calypso in that maybe it's like an alternate version of discovery is inside this nebula because it was parked inside of a nebula in, in Calypso. I mean, maybe it's still in there, who knows? Um, and we discover, you know, the signal that was the last episode, right? That they found that there was a signal. So Adira has yes. been working on it and then she pulls it up and they, he gets gamuts like, or they, sorry, they pull it. It changed from last episode. <laughs> they pulled it up and Stamets is like, okay, we need to talk to the captain. And, and so they both go up there and it turns out that it is a Kelpian ship that has been broadcasting this message. And the actress who's playing the Kelpian scientist is actually played by Saru's, uh, the actress who played Saru's sister. And I'm wondering if some of his reaction is, are we supposed to know that? And he's like, wow, this person looks really familiar. Or is it just, oh, it's another Kelpian? I don't know. This may be very specifically done casting. It's, it's possible. Maybe it's progeny of Serana. And that's oh, why. That and he sees a resemblance. And, well, they made know, this thing about the radiation on her forehead, which didn't look like radiation. Mm -hmm. It just looked like her spots or part of her actual... Yeah, they. It, I wasn't thinking about it at first, but when I looked at it again, I'm like, yeah, those are lesions. Oh, are they? So, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it. Unless there's, you know, basically all female uh, Kelpians look the same, which I don't think that they're really going to do that. So I feel like there must be a specific reason, unless it's just that Star Trek casting where they pull in an actress or an actor who has played the same. Played Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, Ken Mitchell. Jeffrey Combs, um, Diana Muldor, um, Muldar. Um, I'm trying to think, there's a couple. There was somebody else who was just oh, um, guy who played the um, Sarek. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mark Leonard. Mark Leonard, thank you. Yeah, he played a, a Romulan. He played a Vulcan. He played somebody else, I think, too. Um, he was on Buck yeah. Rogers as a guy who could take he off was. his head. Yes. <laughs> Oh, with a the afro, like the really weird hair. That yeah, that was that, that was not a good hair choice. <laughs> really was, that was not. very Mike Brady in the in the seventies sort of look. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so now we we know what the signal is, and it's from the it was the USS Henneganai, uh, and the and Henneganai is a let's see, it was 18th century. I wrote it down somewhere. Yeah, 18th century Japanese kind of Renaissance man who sort of knew a little bit about everything. So I don't know if 
that name is supposed to be a reference but like oh it's a signal to us because they kind of do that um but mm. i'm not sure um but yeah not enough information so, yet yeah so that's that's one section which we kind of got over time we're what back and forth um and then the other two sections we have um <laughs> yeah we have, we have three episodes in here uh we have burnham and um Giorgio on the planet of ice, basically. It's um hot. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. With rings. Very pretty rings, actually. Very lovely rings. Yeah. I was actually thinking about No Man's Sky when I saw that. I thought, oh yeah. Because I love it, it when I get on a planet. In, <laughs> it's the first time in 54 years that there's been actual snow in Star Trek on the television. So mm. you're outside, it's not all in a set, it's not you know being yep. blown at them. Uh, so yeah, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, so they're in this very clearly cold place and they're wandering around and they're looking, you know, the sphere told us to be here and they're using their tricoms or whatever it's called, the tricorder thing with the holograms, which I was looking at if it's that bright and what it's interesting how they had to change what the hologram looked like to be visible on the background. So I'm curious technologically how that was supposed to have worked. I'm sure it has a contrast setting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah it's just can, I'm sure you can customize your display just like anything else. There's yeah. uh, a real life Kickstarter thing, which, and by real life, I mean it's a scam. Uh, <laughs> there is, yeah, <laughs> it's a a bracelet that projects basically your phone onto your wrist, mm -hmm. and they I show it outside in beautiful sun. And it's like totally readable and it's clearly, and then they show, they slow it down. They show how you can tell that it's like trying to track and keep up with the arm that it's just done in, you know, after effects or something. Mm -hmm. um, so in real life, we just do not have any kind of projector that would be bright enough to do that. But this is the 32nd century and they have holograms and I am hundred percent sure that that's totally doable Yep. Um, in their world. But sure. so they're looking around and, and uh, it's like, Oh, there's not, well, it's not exactly a life form reading. <laughs> I love Georgia was just like, where? I like she's getting really frustrated, and you can kind of tell she is, but she's also not. I feel like we actually are, and it's earned that she's starting to change. Mm -hmm. Like in the last couple episodes, she's had more sarcastic humor than malevolence. <laughs> it's just sort of, I don't know. I'm I'm feeling like if somehow she got thrown back in time. Or, or she went and did her own Section Thirty One thing before this season. It would, and it would be just like how because she's she wasn't affected by anything. She still seemed evil. That would be a really bad idea, and it seems like morally questionable that the the Federation would have anything to do with her. But this time travel and just her exposure to discovery over and over again really seems to have made a dent in her and like no, not excusing her for all of the horrible no. things that she's done, but mm -hmm. it does feel like she has a redemption arc that is earned as opposed to just imposed. Yeah. Well, and the, the thing that I thought was that all of her anger and sarcasm was hiding uh, fear. She was afraid. She yeah. has to be afraid. Yeah. She doesn't know what's happening to her. And then when she does know what's happening, she knows that she's dying. That makes anyone afraid. Yeah. 
anyone. So that's that to me was just coming from a place of fear and anxiety. Well, and and when you look at you know, kind of talking about the way Saru was operating from a place of fear, pretty much every Terran is also doing the same thing because mm-hmm. you don't know who's going to kill you next. It's, there's just there's no everybody's scared there, and it's just it it just magnifies to this bravado that is not there i mean i'm sure yeah. some people it is but like um we'll get to that point but when they're in the darren universe we also see the medical doctor from that you see in the background of uh in discovery who's an older woman uh, no no uh, the blonde one blonde one yeah kind of whitish blonde yeah um, she well one she looks like she's wearing a monster maroon it's very funny like at first glance i'm like wait why is she wearing the the movie uniform oh she's not um but you have to think it's like she must be a pretty badass person because you don't really see older people surviving in the terran universe at least on a ship so i'm like what what she must just be like really crafty with with medical stuff or something like that oh i just poisoned you i'm sorry Mm -hmm. you know so I kind of want to know her backstory, which is <laughs> in the Terran universe. Yeah, that would be interesting. So, uh, but anyway, back to we'll go back in time. We're we're bouncing around in time a little bit here. Uh, so they're they looking around and for this sort of life form, and they turn around, and suddenly there is a door, and a guy sitting in an Adirondack chair, smoking a cigar and reading a newspaper. That edit was beautifully done. Yeah. It was beautiful. It just took my breath away how it was just so simple and yet so complex because it was just a movement of the camera angle. Yep. And suddenly he's there. And it was just yeah. loved it. So I guess that, that probably was set up just the way it always was there. And it's just the way that they shot it didn't feel like suddenly they ran in and put down a door or something like that, you know. So exactly. It was well yeah. done. Seamless. And when I, my first reaction was, oh, it's like the TARDIS. (laughs) (laughs) It feels very much like that. And I had, I mentioned that and, and both Bowie and Erica said that, you know, we're, we're big Doctor Who fans. So that, that was definitely not, you know, an accident. So, (laughs) yeah, didn't think it was. I did not think it was. And in fact, um, Dave, even mentioned hey this is like he's like an americanized doctor who <laughs> and Which i said yeah, yeah gary seven as well because gary seven had a sonic screwdriver within two weeks of the doctor getting his first sonic screwdriver mm. and yeah and we were um, gary seven was first actually mm-hmm. so. interesting mm. yeah i know <laughs> that's got to be one of those like oh there's two asteroid movies out at the same time there's two you know like things come in pairs yeah, well, and that that does happen because unless people were privy to each other's series production, they wouldn't have right. known. You know, it was just one of those coincidences. No, that's like you know, yeah. unless yeah, it just seems very unlikely that those two had any kind of connection. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, so we have this. He basically is like you know, hey, I just read about you, and it's like just the newspaper, and it's like you know, Terran Emperor dies painful death. <laughs> And horribly painful death, I think it was. Through this, actually, the newspaper is riddled with Easter eggs. And the first time I saw it, and even when I actually got the actual episode, our, my bandwidth is good, but apparently not good enough to sharpen every detail because I missed a lot of stuff. Um, mm. 
But so we have uh, the front of the paper. Uh, oh, yeah. A horribly painful death. Yes. So if you look at the paper, we have delivering tomorrow's news today in the top, <laughs> which is great. Uh, it doesn't say they didn't. Maybe it's on the backside. But the Star Dispatch is the same newspaper that uh, Edith Keeler's death was or Edith mm -hmm. Keeler in uh, um, City, City on the, on the Edge of yeah. yeah, City on the Edge of Forever. <laughs> uh, Universal Edition. I did see that before. So uh, the price is 15 quatlus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there's a little headline to the left. I guess this is part of the same article about her dying. It says, cells pulled apart. Mm -hmm. um, we have the USS Janolan reported to be missing, which that is Scotty going through time. Mm -hmm. Uh, or showing up in the future. Uh, Supernova threatens the Takan Empire. Billions perish. And I think the Takan people had portals that allowed mm. them to go different places. Um, and I, I, well, I misread right, that. Yeah. yeah. I misread that because I my picture was very blurry. It was Supernova threatens the Terran Empire. So I was incorrect about that. Mm. Uh, on the back side, we have... Uh, good soup, which was a line in, you know, it's, it's like, a, it's kind of a, a little uh, housekeeper's or housewife's uh, column kind of a thing. Uh, let me help at the bottom, which is what Kirk said would be a very famous three words used over above. I love you in like, you know, a hundred years in the future. Mm -hmm. on a planet that's orbiting the third star of Orion's belt or something like that. As he gestures up to the sky in Brooklyn that you can see no stars with or from, <laughs> which is like, which is yep. uh, we have the 21st street mission, which is where she worked. Yep. We have some Bajoran script, which I guess could be like the orb of time. Mm. Uh, we have, it looks like a, uh, what is it? Um, uh, uh, ah, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, Crossword puzzle? Yeah, kind of, but it's also, I'm trying to think, there's another like that. But yeah, hexagons, which <laughs> I've heard some people talk about. Yeah, that's maybe that. I've heard some people talk about the hexagons sort of remind them of the sphere builders from Enterprise. Mm hmm. I can see that. Uh, Worf wins Batleth competition, which that would be parallels. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Different timelines converging. Yes. And the Vulcan script at the bottom and the little idic symbol could be somebody suggested. Maybe it's like, you know, uh, we do not believe in time travel. <laughs> yes. The Vulcan science directorate, what is, directorate has, yeah. has, uh, I can't remember the, yeah, time travel is impossible, has concluded that time travel is impossible. So the newspaper is, it, when I just saw the two, uh, references or the two or three references to City on the Edge of Forever, my brain went immediately to like, this is the Guardian of Forever personified because mm -hmm. in the original draft of, of Harlan Ellison's story, there were like actual guardians. It wasn't just a portal. Um, so, and you also have him, it's like, you know, since your son has burned in the sky, I have awaited a question. And Carl, who we turn out to find out this guy is named Carl, um, is, is very uh, question focused. Let's put it that way. You're not asking the right questions or you can't have the answer precede the question because then things get really. That never goes well. Yeah, that never goes well. <laughs> my, it's still like my favorite thing is, though, when they're asking, it's like, well, what is this? It's like, 
it's a, it's a door. You go through it. Maybe you should have studied up on doors before you came down here. Yeah, I I think it was interesting that he paused, like he was trying to think of a name. Yeah. I'm Carl. Yeah. Somebody and uh, we have our question of the week is who do you think Carl is? Um, somebody mentions like is it spelled Q A R L? <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I have heard a lot of people and seen a lot of people saying that they think it's a Q, and I do not for various reasons. But the biggest reason is that Q don't help people for the sake of helping them. And when they do help them, they do it very sarcastically and act like gods. Whereas Carl is very much trying to help someone who doesn't seem to want to be helped, but really does. And so I just, I threw Q out the window before I even saw all that stuff on the newspaper. I just thought, no, this is not a Q. This is not how Q manifest. This is not how Q act. Um, They are a lot more flippant. They are a lot more (laughs) obsequious in in that they know everything. They've seen everything. They've done everything. And so they act like gods. Well, I have a kind of two competing things like what that confirms that and refutes that uh, mm-hmm. first, the refuting one is that Janeway did a lot of like impact on the Q continuum with the birth of the, of Q's child for better term. Um, mm. And we had the letting the guy kill himself who commit suicide. Death wish, so, yeah. yeah. Death wish, which also had a newspaper. Um, yes. So, well, more I like think, a magazine. <laughs> no, there was, no the, when it was like, oh, wasn't it a magazine where it just it was, says, like uh, it had a little obituary or isn't it time yeah. to die? Well, there there were there was a newspaper and then there was the book that said the old and then like this big fashion type magazine thing that was the, the new. new. Yeah, I watched that so. episode recently because it's the next one they're covering on Delta Flyers. Oh, so okay. I, I literally watched it like two days ago. <laughs> nice. I need to catch up on that. And um, oh my lord, that was all of that sexual harassment uncomfortable. Oh. <laughs> no. no, 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 not yeah. good. Does not age well at all. Uh, is this the one with, is this the, is that episode the one with the um, Civil War? No. Stuff? No, that's, okay, no. that's later. This is the first appearance of Q on okay. Voyager. Oh, it's and, the Death, it's Death Wish. Yeah, it's Death Wish. It's Death Wish. Okay. So, yeah, it's just, um, Yeah. Uh, so... That's that's kind of like okay maybe it could be them but then the other one is that what refutes it is or what what doesn't con- whatever I don't know which which direction I, I'm I, knew, going. I knew what you meant yeah. I knew what you meant uh, is that the sphere data knows where to send them exactly like, is the sphere data gonna know what like if Q doesn't want them I mean yes Q could plant that if they really wanted to but Q isn't going to be observable to the sphere no matter what because mm-hmm. it's not omnipotent it's like you know and. Here's a whole other thing just thrown in. I just thought of. I was like, does the mirror universe have their own continuum, Q continuum, which would make them good? Well, uh, and they do help people just randomly. Mirror universe <laughs> stuff. It's not know. always exact opposite. No, no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I was just but being yeah. But no, I thought the same thing because I'm like, there's no way that the sphere data could calculate where a Q is going to appear at a specific time. So this is something that is a fixed point. Yeah, that's what I came up with with the information yeah. that I had been given. 
which feels like then if it is something that we are we have seen in like the newspaper or whatever does feel more like a guardian of forever situation yes in fact actually why don't we just bring that up right now we can do our our question of the week with that uh let's do it yeah because we're kind of in that discussion uh and if anybody in the chat room has their theory or or you know even joke about (laughs) carl (laughs) might be so yeah (laughs) question of the week who do you think carl is and so i got i got all of our answers together from facebook and uh twitter uh, there's a lot of Guardian of Forever. We got um, Tristan Zamboni, Guardian of Freaking Forever. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. That yeah. was great. Yeah. Uh, Marina is a Guardian of Forever. Oh, by the way, um, people who, Marina was somebody who actually won some of the pin sets at our uh, Holodeck Hangout that we did a couple weeks ago. Uh, because I was ill, I'm a little slow on getting all that stuff, but I'm getting all the, the addresses and stuff off to fans that today. So you should within a week or so be getting your pins, hopefully. Yes. So yes. And we are we'll be announcing as soon as I can get it all everybody, you know, ironed out for whatever specific day. Sometime between thank Thanksgiving. Great. Sometime between Christmas and New Year's, we will be doing a holiday hangout. So because uh, most people, yeah, hopefully that you know, we'll have more people who are kind of off work and we'll try to do it on a weekend as opposed to a weekday, even though it was, you know, Black Friday. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, and we learned a lot from the first one, so we can hone the second one a little bit better. Yeah, um, not ten people at the same time. No, we're, we're six is probably Too what much. we're going to shoot for. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bill Sweet, uh, Talking Time Donut Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Talking Time Donut Man. That was probably a better way to emphasize it. That I, I like that one a lot. Um, let's see. Casey Petty said P E T. I T T petite. I don't know. Or Pettit. Pettit. Uh I was thinking a Q. Maybe it's QRL. Q, uh, uh, possibly a Gary Seven kind of person. Which I thought that was kind of interesting. But is Gary Seven there to help? Really? He was there to help um Earth not destroy itself. I mean the yeah. aliens have their own agenda, but I don't know. We've never seen them again. So that would be we have in the comics. Oh, we have. Okay. Well, it's not, it's not good. Honestly, we have not seen them. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they didn't seem like they were maybe the most... Uh, Altruistic? Yes, that would be a good word. Um, they're definitely more self-preservation than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably crafting how humans evolved was help them as opposed to helping humans. So that's my, uh, that's my take. Uh, Adam, and this is my one of my favorites. Obviously, a renegade time lord. Look at how he's dressed. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yes. Uh, Michael Wong is Carl from Up. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. That, that, was adorable. Yeah. Right. that was adorable. We got a couple QARLs. So that's in there. Uh, Stephen Morris also said that. Um, Adam uh, Deniker says he definitely feels like a Q, but I sincerely hope it's something new that we haven't seen before. So, uh, yeah. yeah, this this is how I feel about that. Um, people say that, but then when they get the thing that yeah. they've never like, seen before, they complain about it. Yeah, and so I complain about whatever it is. So yeah, exactly. They're going to complain. There's always going to be some group that's just like, oh, yeah, oh, whatever. But frankly. 
I honestly would be really happy with the Guardian of Forever because it ties into TOS and one of the most memorable episodes of the series. And it has to do, yeah. (laughs) And it's it's there's a portal. I mean, he's a guy with a portal. He's got a portal. I mean, I never assumed that there was only one portal. Agreed. So I, you know, this doesn't have to be the same planet. I always just thought that that was one of them. Yeah. Well. There, whatever the explanation is, I'm sure that we will get one. It may not be laid out as expositionally as people may like. I, but I feel that my personal feeling is that there are, you know, multiple guardians and that they're, they probably don't want their existence to really be well known because people being yeah. what they are, which is planets that exploded that went back in time into their own past. That had a mm. snowy, snowy place. <laughs> That'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't, um, think, I don't think they ever named the planet that the Guardian was on because I no. watched that episode recently as well. And I don't remember them saying a no, name. Just, that planet. I think in, in the animated series, they call it like the time portal planet or something like that. So it, yeah, it doesn't have sure. an official designation that yeah. I know. Although they did send, you know, historians from, you know, the bird historian guy <laughs> and that woman <laughs> to like, you know, review uh, the Orion's past. So, you know, who knows? Um, and that's how we got, a ton of information about Spock. Like a lot of what Spock is can go back to that animated series episode. So for all the people who, you know, even though it is canon, who are just like, uh, every, pretty much everybody still ex- respects that episode as canon because it's so much comes from it. Yeah. So um, let's see. We also have another cue we have not encountered before. Uh, Annika says related to the sphere data, no, the sphere AI, which is like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's oh, it's the uh, it's the Calypso discovery. No, craft <laughs> <laughs> just changed a lot. <laughs> he he got really old and white, right. yeah, and exactly. it's uh, weird, no. just yes. weird. Uh, I like Carl a lot. I think he was devised to send anyone who was in the wrong time or dimension home. Huh. I don't think it's a cue. That doesn't make sense in all honesty. I hope not. That would be lazy. <laughs> you know, I have to agree with the lazy part. Yeah. Uh, this one is interesting. A lot of people are jumping on the Guardian of Forever train, but he really he really he really acts nothing like the Guardian. Uh more more does the way the doorway works. I didn't that didn't uh work for the same. I think I just mistyped that. Uh f- for those who would say yeah, but it's over a millennium in the future. The Guardian had already been around for many millennia before Kirk. Uh, also, the time travel with the Guardian creates changes to the home universe, not splits into other universes. Which that's kind of interesting. How do you know that? Was it ever said that it was only our timeline? Well, and we also don't know, you know, when it's like, oh, we can't get to the, you know, whatchamacallit, you know, we... Starfleet doesn't exist. It's you know, who mm-hmm. knows that you're in the prime timeline when that's happening. It could have shunted you over to this this other universe. In my yeah. head, canon before Discovery happened, which this is what irritates me about the, the Terran universe, is that my my head canon was that the timeline where 
Edith Keeler didn't die is what became the Terran universe because Nazis won. And then it's like, Oh, this kind of, uh, it could all lead to that sort of a thing where up to that point, it was the same. So that would make more sense. At least that their history moving forward kind of stayed on the same path. Um, mm. But now we have the thing where the continents are flipped and they're have vision problems because of light. And I don't think any of that makes any sense, but okay. Um, yeah. I'm just saying that? that if it's, yeah, if it's a guardian of forever, yeah. How do you know that that includes only the timeline you know about? Right. I'm just saying. Guardian of all the timelines. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's just that they were showing their timeline because that's who was there. Yeah. And my favorite overall has to be, who who, who is Carl? This is from Dave the Mod because every week he comes up with something that's perfect. Uh, he's Carl Jr.'s dad. <laughs> <laughs> this is why i married him <laughs> thank you dave <laughs> yep he makes me laugh every single day yeah i i'm always excited when we have a question of the week because i know that the the answer is is, like, <laughs> is going to be you know hilarious um, yep so well we are at uh, like about 15, 20 minutes left to just to, to wrap things up, but we need to get into the Terran universe. So basically they're, you know, uh, which I'm, Michael is just, you know, Hey, I don't, I, there's no radiation, but I don't know. And I love Burnham's like, or I mean, uh, Giorgio is just like, know when to shut up. <laughs> Finally, mm -hmm. Like it's true. Michael is just like, this is her. She's either going to die, which you don't want that to happen or something possibly could help her you know she has her her futuristic fitbit on that is monitoring <laughs> if she's going to die or not. it looks like a fitbit it really looks very much like a fitbit mm -hmm. uh, and it has like a little light it might actually be a fitbit that they just retooled or something like that could be um, yep. and it it lights up it has the very simplistic star trek green you're okay red you're not you know so, <laughs> no detail just yeah that. no yellow just um nope. just you're alive you're gonna die that's yeah. the two settings so Carl basically, you know, sets it to, to green and says, you know, it's like, you're, you're going to be fine, except there are a lot of other ways to die. And off she goes through the door and arrives in, uh, comes down, down the shuttle ramp into the discovery, the ISS discoveries, uh, shuttle bay with Killy up front and everybody, uh, doing their Heil Hitler of, uh, <laughs> of the, uh, go team. <laughs> Terra firma. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so they're there. Uh, she is. This is for back in the past when they're going to christen the Charon, uh, the big uh, emperor's ship with the floating the palace yeah, the palace ship. The mycelial gumball. Yeah. The mycelial gumball. I've <laughs> never heard it called that. That's great. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> uh so we get to basically revisit all of the 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 lovely terror of of the terran universe of you know killy yeah <laughs> captain killy um looking about, yes oh. this i did not notice from the first time the makeup jobs on everybody is just so extent extensive and just like extreme it's just like it's so great. much eyeliner yeah. it's 
even no, it's really had eyeliner and stuff. Everybody. So, yeah. Everybody had eyeliner. Everybody. Yep. Like Giorgio so, had see, the least makeup of anyone. <laughs> yes. And Owa. Um, no, wait, I can't even pronounce her name. Oh, well. Oh, well, so I was like, um, my brain is just like shunting off in different directions today. Uh, she was, she was, oh, well, she just fierce. Mm-hmm. Just like, she was, I, I, everybody, I would be scared of her the most. I don't know. She mm-hmm. just seemed like she would give no compunction about just like, you're dead. Yep. So she, she should be rising in the ranks faster, I feel like. Well, she's yeah. trying. Like, yeah, Tilly is terrifying because, excuse me, Killy is terrifying yeah. because, and this is actually a point that Dave made, is that every word she says just drips with honey, but is full of venom. Yep. And so she's far, Lyle, far she, scarier. Yeah. 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 Uh, we see Michael. Uh, basically, this is... Uh, Killy tries to give her all this information and she says, like, look, I already know all this. Like, as if somehow the Emperor has got all these this great intel, but it's just because she knows what's going to happen. That uh that Michael is sleeping with Lorca and they are plotting against her. Um, which sort of dropping that makes us wonder, will we see Lorca in the next episode? Because you you know, it's, it's Chekhov's Lorca. We have to use him or not. Yeah, and I don't I don't know. Um, I want to go back and find out when they filmed this and then go compare it to uh, Jason Isaac's Twitter feed and see if there's like a gap or if he's just like, I'm off to do something. You know? um, yeah, I, um, but you I know, don't know. So. I, I do know. <laughs> but at the time that the episode aired, I didn't know. And yeah. so I'm, t- I'm coming from that standpoint is I would love to see Jason Isaacs again. However, I'm not sure that it would happen. So I don't know if they would go that far. And yeah. maybe he wasn't available. I don't know. It but also feels just... like this Terran universe is a little bit of the bargain basement Terran universe because they it's it's expansive, but it's not quite as expansive as all of the the, the ship and the it just felt like it's a little bit more of a bottle show of the Terran universe. Yeah, well so. they're only on Discovery. That's that's all you see in this particular episode is them on Discovery. And then we, we also, so basically she's there to, like they said, christen the ship. They left uh, Earth orbit and they're they're warping away because they don't have a spore drive on the ship. Um, mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder, it's like, does it have a, a hole in it still? Does it have a place to spin or is it, you know, we don't see the outside this, and we've never seen it before. Is it still the pizza cutter? Is it? Yeah. Is it? I want to know. I mean, it must be because when Discovery was in the the Terran universe and they just painted the thing to say ISS. They weren't like, what happened to your ship? Why does it have a hole in it? <laughs> so it probably does look exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, so they go into the shuttle bay and everybody's gathered there. They had a, did they do the party first? They had like a, a welcome party. A party first. Yeah. yeah. Where they were, where Culver and uh, Stamets are just zapping each other with the agonizer for fun. Like that's a fun party mm-hmm. game. <laughs> we have throwing we knives that burn on people's heads. And yes, it was fruit, but thankful. No, it was a, it was a gourd. It was not an apple. At least it wasn't that stereotypical. I said fruit, vegetable, whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, it wasn't an apple. That was just because somebody was just like, Oh, of course we have to have the William tell thing. And it's just like, yeah, but it's not an apple. And it was an arrow, not a knife. Right. Anyway, it's just something that people do with 
weapons, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, I'm going to try to not hit you in the face yep. with this very pointy thing. We have Ray Kasharma, who shows back up as Landry, who gets spilled on by a Kelpian and is going to send him off to be dessert, basically. And uh, Saru, we actually see, so who has not been eaten. The look on her face when she yeah. sees him. Wow. Yeah. If anyone's paying attention to her, they'd be like, what is wrong with the emperor? Because <laughs> she's mm -hmm. just all these looks where she's like, Ugh. that's what I mean. That's where it feels like, okay, something's happened and she has changed. There's Yeah. And, and I think that Michael is picking up on that as well. She's not saying it, but she's picking up on it. Yes. And as, as Patrick mentioned that there's a hidden addendum in date Moore's book about the prime Lorca most likely being trapped in the mirror universe. So that would be interesting if we saw the prime Lorca too. Um, I would love that, but I really don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> they just have her off. Like it's just a silhouette and soft. Stick. <laughs> it's like, you know, I just, I would uh, just like to know that prime Lorca is alive yeah. and that he's somehow going to find his way back to the prime universe. Not that we'll know about it, but I just, you know, I just, it would be, a, this is obviously not going to be in the show, but it would be interesting to have prime Lorca mirroring what, mirror universe Lorca did like just pretending to be like the, the bad one and then get them get the ISS discovery back into the main universe mm -hmm. here's the reason why I think that we won't see um, mirror Lorca is that I think that he's already in the prime universe oh at this point you're right he would be wouldn't he probably yeah they didn't did he have the discovery though? No, he has. He was no, on the Baran. The Baran, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's probably true. So if we did see any kind of Lorca, it would be the Prime Lorca, probably. Yeah, and so. I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, so we end up. Uh, we're everybody. So we have this party. She talks with Saru privately and mentions the Bakal. Is that what it's called? The Baku? Ba no. Ba the Baharai. <laughs> Baharai. Yeah. What am I, where did that come from? It's like <laughs> Baku, or the, the people in uh, the, the TNG episode movie that was like, I blocked out of my mind. <laughs> uh, people have been talking about uh, People, people have been talking about insurrection a lot lately. Yes, <laughs> so it's probably just filtered That's into your why. brain. Anyway, uh, and Saru is just like, hey, if anybody even hears you talking about that, that you took the time to even know what that is, they will find that a weakness. So just zip your lip. He said it a lot more elegantly than that, <laughs> not as, as uh, flippantly. Um, Do not coarsen so, your tongue with our language. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she's getting all prepped to basically go to this uh, unveiling ceremony, which is essentially an excuse to have uh, <laughs> to have Anthony Rapp do a sort of Cirque du Soleil evil thing. Which like, <laughs> Fascist art! Woo! Yeah. It's all done in a rhyme or... We, trying to figure out, was it a rhyming couplets or... Mm -hmm. It was I, very well done. Yeah. The thing that I he, hate about when people try to rhyme 
uh, is that they don't get the meter right. They're, I mean, yeah. if you're doing like just free form stuff, that's fine. But when you're right. doing a performance like this, which yeah. as Dave pointed out in What the Future Holds, this is art not for entertainment, but to serve the state, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's very fascist and rigid. Yes. In its design. And so that poem is very well metered. Like every yeah. couplet has the right amount of syllables. And mm -hmm. it just, it's not easy to do. It's really impressive <laughs> to see that. Yeah. And I don't think people understand why that's not easy to do. It's just not because it's not just about the rhyme. It's about the meter and the syllables and everything. And it's hard. So well done. I tip my hat to the writers. Yeah. Uh, and Anthony had tweeted out, it was like, you know, oh, what's going on with the emperor this week? And all this so I responded with like, to find the answers that you seek, you must watch Discovery this week. I'm like, I blame you from that being in my head. Because I was like, <laughs> like, I was telling him, like for two days, I was just trying to rhyme everything. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. It fun. was, it, it was, was a very, well. the whole idea of the, um, the satin being like the blood that comes out. And then when you basically uh, times have, they change the timeline. Cause if this is actually the mirror universe, that also is going to screw up how the time, the main universe works. Cause if you kill off Stamets, which she does because she sees that he's plotting with Michael and everything. And she basically in the middle of the thing, just slices his throat. Um, he's not there to cross over and, and, you know, tap on the window basically to to prime time, a uh, prime time, prime, uh, great, prime time, prime time, Stamets. Yes. Coming up next, prime time, Stamets. Well, and for me, that is a signal that this is not really happening. Yeah, because it would it totally messes everything up, and I also think that there's somebody there who's not supposed to be there because they were like on the. Um, I think, uh, what's her face? Um, what's her face? That's great. I have lost. I am fine with names until we go on the air and then I lose every single bit of it. Uh, I'm talking about Ariam. No, I'm talking, no, Ari not Ariam. Ariam, we never saw before, I don't think, but I'm talking about uh, Detmer. Ah, Detmer. I thought Detmer was actually on the mirror. Um, Shenzhou. Shenzhou, yeah. Shenzhou, yeah. Is yeah, that, well, it, it, yeah, yeah, because that's what Michael was on. So she was on the Shinjo. Um, yeah. Unless this is like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where in the timeline that fits. It's kind of like a little bit of like, and that, that would be fine, especially if this is really not that timeline, then who cares? It's just sort of like, and you were there and you were there, you know, <laughs> kind of a little bit of a Wizard of Oz sort of thing. Well, I think because she's Michael's right hand man, so to speak. Mm -hmm. that it makes sense that she would be there with Michael. Okay. So she's just, yeah, they could just be visiting. It doesn't mean that she's actually yeah. a discovery crew person. Exactly. Yeah, Cause think about that. yeah, that's what I'm going with. I mean, that makes as much sense as anything. It's just along for the ride until, you know, they go to the, well, the, the, the palace ship and then take off from there or whatever. Yeah, well, I think they've made it pretty clear by knowing looks that they're in cahoots. So. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was the knowing looks uh, theater. It's just like we, we as a, a friend of mine, uh, his parents in high school, we used to watch like shows together. Um, and 
I don't remember what the show oh, it was. Um, I think it was the reboot of uh, Dark Shadows or something in the the late eighties, early nineties, and they were just like oh. it's it's eye acting theater where everybody was just you know it's just the yeah just all done with eye movements and looks and glances and stuff. So that's very much reminded me of that. It's like nobody was talking, but everybody was saying something with their eyes. <laughs> so that was great. Or they say one thing and their eyes were doing something completely different. That must be a really difficult Terran <laughs> thing to master. Like you need to be duplicitous yeah. in everything that you do. So. I'm smiling, but I'm also doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that is terrifying. That's, that is terrifying. <laughs> I just looked at myself. I'm like, no, thank you. No. <laughs> I'm going to use that when I want to like show somebody who's a homicidal maniac. <laughs> that's fair. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we will put that out. I was like, oh, we'll just tweet that out so you can see what we're talking about. But I don't know. That might be a little too frightening. That's funny. I don't Tweet know how you did that, morning. but it was great. Uh, thank you. You just channeled all of 2020, the mania of that. That, yes. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. That's exactly what I did. And that's what I intended to do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So then we, they revealed the thing. And then a couple people mentioned, oh, it's like their their problem with light doesn't seem to be a thing anymore because the sun was the you know the mycelial gumball but it looked dimmer to me than it did when it's outside it feels like there's some sort of mm-hmm. like the, the shield is is stopping some light because it doesn't even cast light that back that far into the um the cargo bay yeah it's like they've got that film on the windows <laughs> that you put yeah. on to make them yeah. you know look like they've and got the a shield because it's never put on right which is what happened in our house and we can't oh that's the worst yeah <laughs> um but yeah so there's that and then they uh basically ends with uh you know because she's she's now discovered that or she reveals that she knows that everybody's out to get her basically uh and mm-hmm. she they assume that they're going to she's going to kill michael because she would if this was and i think they're trying to imply that she did originally i don't think we ever knew that we just knew that she is gone yeah well i think I think that that is implied and and Michael actually says something about that. Prime Michael actually says something about that. Oh, okay. So in this series, I, I mean this season or Yes. Previously? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I think in this actual episode. Uh Right, but I mean I think in pre this I don't think we've ever known. I think that's no. more of a question. But I I think that 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 casts an interesting light on the actions of the emperor in season yep. one because mm-hmm. she knew that was not her Michael, but yeah. she was curious. And so she let yeah. things go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. She had killed her. It's clearly that wasn't her. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, but basically they like, Nope, that would be too easy to kill you. I'm going to put you in the agonizer. Stay tuned for part two. <laughs> Basically, that's where it's sort of that was your cliffhanger. 
Yeah, well, I kind of actually get that because there, there are people who are like, oh, this person committed a horrible crime and they should get the death penalty. And I'm no, of the mind of, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly I want them to suffer. Yeah. I, I want mean, them I mean, to have, guessing, yeah. yeah, no, but I do. I want, yeah. I want those horrible people to yeah. live with what they did because that is a greater punishment than being yeah. released from this life. Yeah. So yeah. that's, a, that's my out, depending on what they did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'll be, I'm very curious to see what happens uh, next week. And I, how many episodes do we have left? Is this, uh, the, this, this is nine, 10? nine. So this would be 10 that's next nine. week. 10 so next 13. week. Yep. So only three. January more. 7th, something like that is the last one. I'm not ready for it to go. Well, I'm trying to think. It's like our show has been nothing but reviewing new Star Trek. <laughs> we have not had a a non review. Like, what, what we are had we doing? One. We had oh, we one. Did. Okay. Yes, it was our intro, our test show. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. No, no, no. We had actually one actual episode that started oh, before Lord X did. Yes, you, you're right. But that was sort of our welcome to the whole podcast. That 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 makes sense. That it, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I we we need to actually do some brainstorming about what we. But, you know, toss this out to the audience, actually. What kind mm -hmm. of thing would you want to hear us talk about? And we have a lot of ideas. We actually have talked about this before. It's not like we're just going mm -hmm. blind into this. Um, but what would you want to see from Infinite Trek? So let us know in, on Twitter or on Camp Kittimer. Or, uh, you know, if you're part of our Discord uh, on Outpost 13, um, feel free to leave it there. And if you're not part of our Discord, that is a really fun place to hang out. We do watch along sometimes there's always people posting really interesting like music links and and stuff like that so you know feel free to join and uh as a reminder which i think i don't think actually it's not a reminder because we didn't say anything uh tomorrow is our third day i know <laughs> i'm really good at selling things i am great with graphics and stuff speaking apparently not so much i'm fine in improv okay. because it's a story and it's not me trying to convey actual information um so we have a 13-hour marathon on the network tomorrow, starting at 11 a.m. Uh, we have we're starting with where you at, which is our sort of community talk show, uh, where everybody like checks in and I'll, many times. Uh, Daniel and his wife, who played Commander O in um, in Star in Star Trek Discovery, Ben Picard, uh, will join us. So Cameron, uh, Cameron. yep. Uh, so. Pop in, you might actually see her there. Uh, at twelve thirty, we have Rolling with My Homies, which is a talk show that is focused on uh, the person living in a wheelchair and what they're like. I think she's a comedian. She it has all these really interesting guests about just how to function in a world that's set up for able-bodied people, basically. Um, we have at two o'clock Breathe, which is a rebroadcast of a live. Uh, play that was done earlier in the week. Uh, at 4.30, we have uh, Outpost 13 check-in, which is basically kind of the state of the network and like, you know, what we'll want to do next year, what's coming up. Uh, so that's with uh, Matthew Pittner and Paul Hungerford, who played uh, Commander Jack Dedman, and Matthew played uh, uh, Lieutenant Frost Clint in the improvisation, or plays, I should say. Uh, so... Our network is replete with Star Trek references. And people. 
And <laughs> Mary Chifo shows up in time every once in a while. Uh, at five o'clock, we have an actor unprepared. At six thirty, the snuggery, and I do not one hundred percent know what that is. I think it's about. Uh, I don't know what it's about, so I'm not going to even speculate. Um, at 7.30, we're doing a watch-along with Aaron and Melissa. They do the show, which is uh, called Group Text, and they're doing a watch-along, I think, of a Hallmark Christmas movie. So that ought to be fun. Uh, I'm tuning in for that, for sure. There are hundreds uh, of those. I need to know yeah. which one. I don't know which one. I have to go check. <laughs> <laughs> it's all of them combined into one. No. They're, this year, they're doing like a commercial, like a 15-minute mini-movie about with Colonel Sanders. Oh, I know. As with I know. Her, Mario okay. Lopez. Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders. Sure. Well, he doesn't say <laughs> Colonel. He just says Harlan oh. Sanders. Okay, Harlan Sanders, fine. Yeah, he's he's a cook. He's a chef that's got the secret recipe that he's just <laughs> going to change the world. But mom doesn't want her daughter, who is also working at the restaurant, to actually uh, fall in love with this guy. No, she wants him, her to fall in love with this wealthy, obnoxious guy that she's chosen for her daughter. And just either you know this, and that frightens me, or you just made it up because that is what pretty much all of those movies are like. No. No, I know this. I know this from the podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me, because they have sometimes ah, okay. this uh, thing called Munch Squad, which is a podcast within a podcast, but it's about the latest and greatest in brand eating. And they <laughs> talked about this at length and read the press release and played a clip from the trailer. So that is how I know all of this. It's because wow. they were making fun of it. <sighs> At 9.30, we have Made Up Music <laughs> with Arlo and Alex. This is my favorite show on our network, I think, because you get to help create a song. The, the music that you hear before in our lobby before the show are songs that were create were done, except for Doctor Who, uh, on um, the, the network in the show. So it's people in the chat room suggesting lines, or they'll say pick a number between one and 18 and then they use that number as like the beat or something in, in or the, the setting in the Moog synthesizer. And it's just, it's crazy to watch it in the beginning. And if you have to like go away and come back, how different the song is like an hour later, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's sort of like, Oh wow. It's this classical sort of movie score. And it's like, they come back and it's just like, why is it rap now? You know, like how did that happen <laughs> or, or whatever, you know? So it's just really cool. People will sometimes send in audio clips and they'll incorporate that into the song. I did like a, a water bottle that sounded like a gong. It was just like, Oh, that's a cool sound. And you know, I sent it off and they used it. And so, yeah, so hop in and, and help them build a song. And it's very, it's, it's, it's a fun sense of ownership too. when you kind of like, Oh, I, that was my little bit or whatever. So, yeah. So yeah, so tomorrow, 11 a.m. and going till midnight, it is our 13-hour marathon. And so, because it's Outpost 13, 13 hours, and it's on the 13th. So, Well done. There's a lot of 13s, yes. Mm -hmm. I actually looked like, when is it going to be the 13th uh, for Saturday? Like, if we were going to put it, there's three Saturdays next year that it falls on the 13th, and then only one the next year. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, that really surprised me. I feel like there should have been more, but I guess not. Well, that's because we have months that are yes. 
inconsistent at best. Whereas if we just did 13 months with 28 days each and then still had a leap year, it would solve the problem of knowing what day things were going to be on. <laughs> just saying. Or then you have things like Easter, which it seems like that is never consistent. I have no, like, is it in May? There, is it in April? It's in February. There's a formula. There's a formula. There's a formula. And it's very pagan. <laughs> Uh, Easter happens on the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. Is that literally how that works? Yes. Wow. I'm Catholic and I didn't even know that. Huh. All right, then. That's very pagan. Well, on Gary. that note, <laughs> I could go into a whole Eddie Izzard yeah. routine about it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, you know, but we no, why not? Okay, <laughs> they're well, gonna celebrate for... the day of your death on a different day each year, depending <laughs> on where the moon is. If that's not pagan, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really quickly going to like follow us on Instagram and then follow me on Instagram and then follow. And Twitter and follow Brandy on Twitter and Instagram because we do not have time to say all this no. stuff that we're involved with. And it's fine. Just go to so, Twitter and you'll find out what I'm doing. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. Tune in next week where we will do Terraformer Part 2 and we will actually have answers to who Carl is. Um, really? My first thought originally was like, <laughs> don't know. <laughs> it was like, Carlton the doorman. From- <laughs> nope. That's not it. <laughs> no. All right. You're the Terran universe. <laughs> All right. Live long and prosper, but we will talk to you later. Maybe. maybe. Infinite Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.